Case Family, it's your host, Braden Wade, and you're listening to Case Underground, Episode 2, Black History Month Edition. This month, along with highlighting black organizations here on campus, we'll be highlighting this year's theme for Black History Month. This year's theme is about black health and wellness. This focus celebrates the contributions and breakthroughs of black professionals, as well as speaking to the cultural richness of non-traditional health and wellness practitioners, doulas, and midwives. So going into that, Braden, what does black health and wellness mean to you? For me, honestly, it's going to the gym, just protecting your peace, honestly. Uh, I do a lot of photography, artistic work, music, but at the same time, I'll run, go down to the wreck, go into the track and stuff, run around and stuff. You're talking about the wreck a lot, and I go there in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, over the past couple of weeks, and I've never seen you. Uh, Funny thing is, I go at night, and I definitely don't see you. I, stop it, Braden, because <laughs> I, I went at night a couple of days ago, you saw my... Snapchat story, and I definitely did not see you. And you're not hard to find with them two braids. Oh, wow. They're not even braids. They're actually twists. I don't know what she's talking about with the braids. Braids, twists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, for me, um, black uh, health and wellness, I-, I like what you said as far as protecting um, your peace. Uh, for me, it's definitely protecting my peace. I think over the years, um, I've done a great job of finding out what makes me tick and what makes me go. Um, understanding my body when it comes, and especially the mindset, but understanding both of those things when it comes to academics. Uh, you know, some days, you know, I don't feel like doing anything. And as long as I don't have a lot of responsibilities, it's okay to not do something that day. Uh, for the longest, I just wanted to just do everything that day, get everything done. You know, I don't know if you ever had that, brain as far as like you just had to, you feel like you got to just do everything in one day. See, I kind of got ADHD, so it's like <laughs> I can't sit still for yeah. nothing. So even if I like, like, over the past couple of days, we've had the snow days and everything. I have not been able to sit still. I know it's cold yeah. outside, but it's like I cannot sit still. I can't be in my room because I start to feel unmotivated to do my work, even though I know I have work. So I'll just try and walk around and go to a study room or I'll call one of my friends like, hey, what you doing? He live all the way on East Campus. I'll make that walk just to get out of my room. And just kind of that walk, I take that time to just think through what I have to do kind of calm down a little bit, and then once I reach his house, I'm all, all relaxed and chill. Bro, I, I feel that, man. Over the <laughs> We definitely have had, what, four or five inches of snow come, and I think I drove every single day. I went to work <laughs> on Wednesday. I went to work on Thursday, went up to the TV station on Thursday. I did something all day yesterday, Friday. Um, I just can't sit still, so I definitely relate to you. Even inside the room, I'm sitting there for a couple hours. I get to rearranging the room, cleaning up stuff, finding a reason to do laundry, I just cannot sit down. Um, but for like I said, just I think that's what it comes to, I guess, is mental health as far as just being able to know when to relax, though, um, and taking it serious. And I think kind of like the overarching um, thing that I feel like black people are getting better at is understanding that it's okay to have counseling. It's okay to go to someone that can assist you on whatever you're thinking through, processing. Um, I was just reading an article, and it was like 63% of African Americans believe uh, that mental health is a weakness or seeking counseling is a weakness. And in my opinion, I think it's a strength, you know, to be like, hey, this particular area, you know, there's different forms of counseling. You know, I, I don't plan on getting married anytime soon. I know, Braden, I see you on a lot of Instagram stories. You might be getting married soon. Nah, it's, um, nah, definitely not thinking of that. Yeah, and yeah. So going to that point, tying it back in, you know, there's marriage counseling. Um, you know, there's different forms of just personal one-on-one counseling. There's so many different forms of counseling that you can have uh, to help you process different things. And I think that um, as a community that we need to look at that aspect 
highlighting that more and, and, and accepting and accepting the fact that that's there for an assistance. So how you said earlier, like you was bringing up my social media and stuff. Uh, definitely, I feel that as a community, like as a black community with mental health and stuff, social media has both helped us and hindered us at the same time because it's helping us get like daily quotes, daily affirmations and stuff. But at the same time, it's showing us things that will make, make us anxious with, you know, every now and then one of us is being killed or it's another threat that's like another threat to our community. And it's just causing us very, like a lot of anxiety, Yeah. but at the same time it's helping us. And I know for me, I tend to get a little anxious. Sometimes I don't want to post. Sometimes I don't want to text back because after just kind of scrolling through social media for like for most of the day, I'm tired of it. And I want to take a little break from it. And I know majority of people want to do that, but at the same time, they don't know what else to do. Mm. So it's just like, it's a constant. Read a like, book. You could like <laughs> it's a constant like push and pull, uh, like struggle with yeah. social media. Like it, like I said earlier, it both helps us and hinders us. Yeah, that's a great. Time. That's a great great point. I think social media is now. This sounds very hypocritical. What I'm about to say because I use social media: Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Now, uh, anything social, I, I try to use. But social media, man, you got a lot of. That's a loaded. That's a loaded topic, but I believe there's a lot of people trying to uphold an image that they do not have to uphold. And once you start putting that image out there, or putting this status, or keep uploading, you put pressure on yourself. And I see it in a lot of, you know, my friends or family where um, they're trying to uphold this image, and it's hard for them when they feel like they're falling short, or where whether we're on vacation or we're, um, you know, we're doing an activity, you know, instead of taking that time out and just enjoying the moment. The moment is, okay, let me capture this. Or I go on a trip somewhere, and now I got to go to my store and let people know, well, I did this and that, and I, and it's like, yeah, that's fine, that's great. Um, but I think a lot of times, man, you have to be very cognizant on enjoying the moment. And I think back in the day, I feel like my grandparents and the older generation had a great understanding of just enjoying the moment. And I feel like that, and not enjoying the moment puts a different strain on our mental. I see how you're looking, Brady. Go ahead, talk to me. And uh, definitely, I feel that with enjoying the moment. Uh... I would say like my mental was tested a lot over the summer uh, because I stayed in Columbia for the summer and I had my camera with me everywhere I went. I was taking pictures at parties, concert, and a Lollapalooza, everything. I met a lot of people, but down the road, I just kind of started to feel very, I don't even know the word for it, but I started to feel very like not myself with my camera because I was, I just constantly had it on me and it's just like, it started to become me, and I kind of lost sight of myself for a minute. So with photographing people, it's um, definitely like an image barrier that we have with each other. I know having, like, being a black man and stuff, especially on social media and everything, as artistic or as creative as however much you change about yourself, people are still going to view you as a black man. And definitely growing up, like, within my family, my most of the males in my family, like, they cut their hair short. They don't do anything necessarily artistic. And... They started to, and I've noticed, like, their mental get better because they started being more of themselves. Like, my brother, he was struggling. We're eight years apart. He was struggling a little bit um, growing up because he was always thrown into the stereotype of a black man of, you need to make thug music, you need to do this, you need to do that. And he started making Christian rap for a while. He still does it. And then he started DJing. And recently he got into photography because he's like, little bro, you starting to inspire me to, like, be more of my artistic self. And for me, my brother kind of inspired me because I decided to grow out my hair. I say I wanted to grow out my hair like throughout high school and my mom 
just kind of kept pressuring the stereotypes. Oh, a black man doesn't do this. A black man doesn't do that. Yeah. And me growing out my hair was kind of me defying that. Do you feel like your mother was wrong for that? Do you feel like she had some valid reasonings and concerns? She had some valid reasons and concerns because I know having a fro is... Majority of the time, I'll have a fro. And I know I can't show up to the workplace with a fro, but now a lot of conditions have been... Like, working conditions have been changed to better accept that. You think so? Some of them. Some of them. Not all of them. I know for certain interviews and stuff, I'll fix my fro, and I have doubles in both my ears, so... I'll take out the hoops to show a sign of professionalism and stuff, but I won't take out my studs because that is still a part of me. Yeah. And for my fro, I still won't change it because yeah. that's a part of me. Yeah, I mean, tying it back to mental health and different things like that, I know that's definitely like a mental strain that we have to battle, you know, whether it comes to our appearance, you know, how we carry ourselves, whatever we're doing. I mean, that's all into who we are and kind of like our mentality. And that can weigh on us, you know, like I said, how we go for an interview because I feel like, you know, other racial groups and stuff like that may not have to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come in and they can put a suit on and they can look like whatever and be okay. You know, for us, it's like, man, I'm looking at you right now. I told you today, like, man, you a clean cut dude. <laughs> I like the swag. I like the braids and all that. and Or the twist. You said not braids, the <laughs> twist. Let's say the twist. Um, but I like all that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, But, you know, someone that's not you know, coming from the same background or had the same mentality, you know, they may look at that and automatically cast you into a whole nother stratosphere, a whole nother box, you know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, I, I, I like that. But I think also, to like I said, you know, the older generations for our stereotypes and kind of like how they think and like their mental and their wellness, I think a lot of that was impacted because they didn't have a choice. Like the stereotypes were forced upon them. You know what I'm saying? Like talking to my grandfather and all that, like, man, he was still growing up when there was major segregation in the South. So it's like, yeah, he has those stereotypes, but it's like, man, he lived through those different things. So it's like when we have conversations, it's more like, hey, I'm understanding what you're saying, but like times have changed since 1970, you know, and there are certain issues that are just as bad back then that are now, they're, they just mask it in a lot better, in a, in a better way. And so when I ask you questions, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. It's just like, are you sure? You know, I want to see where you at. You know what I'm saying? I think as a black man, we have to always have that bug in the back of our, that bug in our ear, like, okay, you know, is this is this okay? You know, kind of just reevaluating re-evalu- ourselves. And I feel with the, like, black community is starting, like, as times are changing, like you said earlier, those times were different with our grandfathers and our grandparents compared to now. Yeah. And with the times changing, the older generation still has a majority impact on us, but a lot of us in today's generations are starting to recognize, okay, all these things that was a lot of mental pressure on us in middle school, high school, like as kids, we're starting to change it as adults, and we don't want to put that on our kids. It's a, like a lot let of people... Me, let me ask you this. Do you believe that the black... Do you believe black health and wellness was less of an issue back then compared to now? Because I feel like our generation, I believe that we don't go through nearly the amount of trauma or difficulties that the older generations went through. I think it's a lot easier for us. So what you feel, how you feel about that? I would say it is easier for us. Um, however, like the older generation, what they went through, they had to mask theirs a lot more because I would say this, ours, our generation's mental health is, or the black community's health today is a lot more publicized and put out there rather than compared to back then, because back then it wasn't that much of importance. Back then it was more of a, 
survival thing. You didn't have time to check on your mental. It was, where am I going to be? Am I going to be hurt on the way home? It was a lot of dangers and more things, like traumatic experiences yeah. that they had to go through. Yeah, that's so raw, bro. Kind of like, yeah. yeah, man, that's so good because um, a lot of the older people that are influential in my life, um, they definitely matched their feelings and matched their emotions, and we see the effects of that um, today. But that was that was a great little dialogue, though, Brady. Like, for example, the older generation, um, my grandfather, he's 50... I think like 56 now. He uh, recently over Thanksgiving break are like, I say we've had a lot of deaths over the past couple of years uh, between our family and my aunt Pauline, his sister recently passed uh, after being in a coma for three years. Wow. And she was in a re- uh, nursing home for a year, just like in a wheelchair. And we didn't see it at the time with our grandfather, but it was my first time like going back to his place. And it was just, it was in, it was a disaster. Like, it was mess everywhere. He still had our family portraits and stuff up with Aunt Pauline, me, my mom. And my mom was like, Daddy, what you doing? You you okay? He said, yeah, I'm okay. He was laying in the living room just watching a blank TV. And we went to the kitchen. Trash was everywhere. And my mom was like, your grandpa's depressed. Like, yeah. and he didn't want to say it. He didn't say it. And Every now and then, I still check on him because I didn't know because he didn't say anything. He just went about his normal day. But, like, seeing that kitchen, he didn't want to talk about it at the time. But come to find out, he's starting to see a therapist at 56. And age seeing a therapist in your age doesn't matter. You can go to therapy whenever. But for my grandpa, just seeing him, go, like, take that initiative to go to a therapist was really a step up for him, especially after, like, so many deaths in our family. Yeah, man, that's so powerful, bro. Um, kind of just speaking of mental and tying it back to, you know, our campus and the underground, I think that's why it's so important. Um, even going to uh, our theme of underground for the podcast, uh, we want to focus primarily and bring attention to organizations that are making a huge impact uh, on our campus uh, regarding mental health and just overall success of uh, students. And I think you got somebody that you know, Brady. Yeah, and for our underground segment today, we're welcoming Madam President of the National Society of Black Engineers, also known as NSBE, Janelle Mason. Mason's a senior here from Chicago, Illinois, majoring in bioengineering. With that, let's get into it. Welcome to Case Underground, Janelle. How you doing? I'm doing good, y'all. You know, I'm very excited to be here today. When I was asked to be a part of this wonderful podcast, I, of course, couldn't turn this opportunity down to showcase my wonderful organization, but also just being a part of this wonderful series to showcase all of Black Mizzou's talent. So thank you for having me. Yeah, we're we're really excited to have you, but one quick question. You said, it says you from Chicago. Are you really from Chicago or the suburbs of oh, Chicago? no, I'm Cause from... Because you know how it is in Black Mizzou. They, they claim it from Chicago, but I don't know. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Morgan, high school? Morgan Park alum. Okay, don't you do know. your hands like that. Don't yes, do your hands like um, that. <laughs> I know if y'all... Shout out to Ayo Desumo. I don't know if y'all been seeing him going crazy. Yeah, that's but, Illinois. We talking about Mizzou. But I, yeah. wanted to, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to clarify that before we got into the podcast. That's all I wanted to say. Yes, yes. Chicago, born and raised over here. Yeah, so just 
going into uh, Nez being kind of, you, you know, you talked about representing um, uh, Black Mizzou. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Nesby, um, what is Nesby and their role on campus? So Nesby, I'm sure everyone who's a part of Nesby already knows the mission statement. Nesby mission statement is to increase the number of culturally responsible Black engineers who excel academically, succeed professionally, and positively impact the community. So first, that first word is to increase. I always like to stress that because. It doesn't say you have to be a black engineer, but your main goal is to always help others get into STEM because STEM is just so important for representation, for building items and med- medical devices and pharmaceuticals that are for black people. It's so just important to have that representation there. So that, but w- besides then, Nesby, we just host study halls um, on campus probably every Sunday. And then, like, this year we have tutors there, so, like, civil engineering tutors, chemical engineering tutors and stuff like that. We also try to take our membership to nationals. And this year we're, we should be going to California. So, like... That's big, fam. Yes, yes. So... Nesby does a lot for this campus, but also is very involved nationally as well. Well, y'all extending your hands to like other majors within your study hall and everything and trying to increase the like black people within the workforce and everything. How has that been going so far and how has it been like at Mizzou at a PWI? I think it's actually been it's actually better than what, what most people expect because I feel just being a black or brown person or just any minority student, you're looking for a place where you can feel comfortable. You're looking for a place where, or organization where you can call these people family. So I feel Nesby, we just have that all around at so many different levels. In my like general body meetings, we have every other, um, every other Tuesday, I try to implement like things that aren't just engineering related or just STEM related, like mental health, in STEM or mental health, just as being a black student in general, those are important things. So like highlighting things that it can help out in all of the black community is like, that would probably be like my answer to that. Yeah. I wanted to take it back to the uh, national trip. Uh, I want you kind of just talk about what the national trip is, where you guys going to California, um, things like that. Okay. So just to give some, uh, insight on what the national conference is i went there my freshman year and we actually took a trip to detroit um that year now of course you wouldn't think a national trip to detroit would be that you know bus and teed but having twenty five thousand black engineers in one place from professionals from from collegiate to th- we even have a pre-collegiate initiative so we have Nesby junior members as well from high school but just to see all these different people in one area is just very awesome and like liberating to be around it just shows that anybody can do it you know the first time though that I went to the conference out of all those people I bumped into my like STEM educator coordinator from my seventh and eighth grade like STEM program in Chicago. So just walking through her in that conference, seeing her my first day, I was like, yeah, this is definitely an organization I want to be a part of. Um, this year, though, for nationals, this is going to be our first time in person because 
the next year it was canceled due to COVID, and then last year it was virtual. But we're going to be in Anaheim, California, where um, we're going to be, of course, just having workshops to develop different skills, guest speakers, and career fairs with over 200 companies just for black engineers, uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, ComEd, AT&T, Tesla, yeah, every, <laughs> every pretty, every, pretty much every company, yeah. So just being a part of Nesby, like, this is a huge network opportunity for everybody. Like, this, that sounds amazing. Tesla there? Yes, yes, <laughs> SpaceX, all of that. We got the big ones. And honestly, like, coming back to campus and stuff, uh, after a virtual year and a COVID year, how has Nesby maintained its, like, success and its foothold on campus? You, like, asking the right questions, okay? So um, <laughs> having to definitely transition from a virtual year to an in-person year, it's, uh, I'm still in that motions of just getting between that balance. Um, I, like, in our meetings with my executive board, I'm like, yeah, y'all, this is... My, this is our first time we're going to have to actually do stuff in person. We can't wake up five minutes before and get on a Zoom call and just, you know, brush our teeth, blah, blah, blah. We got to prepare to get to catch them. Somebody has to get the food. You know, it's a, just a whole different ball game. So with that being said, it was just definitely a lot to try to instill that passion, not into like just all of membership, but just to these leaders now that I'm leading to make sure that, like, I'm not doing too much as being, like, president, but I know the traditions that Nesby's had, so we got to make sure we doing our stuff to the top so we can continue to be excelling, like, in, in all of the ways that we can. Yeah, definitely coming back to campus, like, everything becoming more in person. It's a struggle right now. Yes, yeah, like, for everything. Like, I try to make uh, all of y'all study halls, too, every Sunday and stuff. And I know y'all be having general body meetings, but sometimes I'll be tired on Sundays. Yes, yes, I definitely understand, too. Yeah, kind of just transition. I know you hit um, on the fact that COVID kind of switched up a lot of different things, and it's tough. And we know, obviously, engineering is one of the hardest majors, you would say. <laughs> I'm a journalism major, and it's a lot easier uh, than engineering. I will admit that. Like, I, I, I go to school and I chill. Um, Y'all go to the number one journalism school, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's the like, best, but, I mean, you know, writing and talking is, is, is a lot different in calculus. Uh, but um, look at the numbers. Um, you know, MU School of Engineering job rates are, are pretty crazy. Um, as of last year, only 40% of minority students graduate from the School of, school of Engineering, uh, which means that 60% drop out. You know, so uh, what um, has Nesby found or what are you guys doing um, to – Align, align the organization to make sure that the students are, you know, supported and kind of know what challenges are ahead. Uh, what, like, what are the tips and tricks? I know you guys talk about the tutoring that you guys offer uh, within the organization and, and the meetings you guys have. So what is, like, the secret ingredients uh, that you guys' organization puts in place to make sure that 40% increases? So um, being president and, like, having to connect and have meetings with so many different people, such as like the deans of College of Engineering, the different black communities, um, LBC presidents. I got statistics and I saw that it's only like 200 like black students in the College of Engineering. So with that being said, like you guys are bringing up these statistics, Nesby about, we average about 60 to 70 members for like a general body meeting. So for us to be that 
asset or like that home to so many, at least half or yeah. at least like close to half of many black students on <laughs> on this campus. Uh, I actually we had like our spring zone meeting this past um, weekend, which is where all of the Missouri chapters uh, come together and talk and stuff. But one of the guys, he actually, one of the other presidents saying, yeah, I don't really like being that president that just goes out and talks to people and like, you got to come to Nesby because blah, 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 blah. But like, that's me. And that is what, that's what I do to people because people really don't know the resources that are out there, especially being on a huge campus, being on a campus with 50,000 people, it's hard to get lost in knowing which study halls to go to, which general body meetings are going to actually help me prepare my skills. So, like, yeah, like, being that asset just an organization to host and be able to provide so many different opportunities for so many different people, no matter if you are an engineer, no matter if you're black, no matter if you're... Like, yeah, you're talking about the structure of NSB and the, um, obviously we've been hitting on that early. So just for people that are listening and that are interested, you know, how can students join? Um, is there a criteria? And then lastly, what's the time commitment look like? Because to have 60 or 70 people that come to a general body meeting is massive. Um, I'm in a couple of national organizations um, and they don't nearly have as many as 60, 70, maybe 15 on a good day, you know. So just kind of describe the process um, as far as being able to join and then uh, the time commitment. Okay, so Nesby, we're welcome. We welcome everybody. Um, all you have to do is just want to be able to, to be around the fam, you know. Um, so with Nesby, though, uh, to hold be on, on the hold on, what, what's the fam? Break that oh, down. Oh, the fam, yeah. the Nesby fam. Oh, okay. So like, <laughs> we study, we do all of that in the week. But on the weekends, you already know. What's the weekend? Okay, look. We want to keep this case appropriate, but what's the the fam on the weekend look like? The fam on the weekends, we see each other in the Walmart. We might be messing around. Gold bar. Oh, yeah, that too. Willies. Yeah, yeah. Silver ball. Or maybe in the student center, you oh, know, okay, okay. Jay. No matter where we are, we're going to be Nesby deep, 5D. They already know the slogan. But... As far as being the executive board, I'm not gonna lie, it's definitely a huge commitment. That's why we have an we have a junior executive board, which I like to also take pride in, which is basically a underclassmen like program that we have for mostly freshmen and sophomores, but like even now with juniors and seniors that didn't have that opportunity to join an organization through COVID or like transfer students, they were also able to join. But it's basically like a shadow program and you get paired with someone on the board. So I have like my own junior exec um, president counterpart. So if I need help with a general body meeting, I like, do you want to help me plan this? Stuff like that. And they actually have their own board. So they, they've already planned their own meeting this year and they're getting ready to plan their own event. So we could try to help people actually gauge and understand the commitment that comes with being part of Nesby. As, as a president, you sound like you got a lot to do, even with, uh, like, a junior president and stuff. And, <laughs> and as a president, so necessarily, like, you were speaking um, earlier about being sociable and how, as a president, you just talk to everybody. So necessarily, what's your mission as a president? You already told us about the Nesby mission statement, but what's your mission? Mission as being a president, you really just act as a liaison between everyone, and you just make sure that, everyone also is getting their job done. You have to know 
who to delegate to and when, like making sure you have the whole just schedule um, planned out. I would say also, though, being president, you definitely become like the face of an organization. So you really have to attend meetings at national. I have to attend meetings for national uh, preparation for conferences. I have to attend like the black community meetings, I have to attend the college engineering meetings. So it's like that is a lot in itself waking up knowing that like you're going to have a meeting at 10 o'clock and it's not going to end until like five like basically this is a a real job and you're not the people that you're working with they're not doing this for money so this is just so off of passion so off of incentives and stuff and people they could lose that any time they could lose that passion anytime so So necessarily how do you keep your passion going because I know doing the same thing for a while like you start to feel unmotivated and you just kind of you just don't want to do it anymore but you keep going man it's really okay seeing just the next like generation of leaders and seeing how much Nesby has helped uh the people that are already in the organization that's just really what keeps me going is the like the people I know how cliche that sounds especially coming from like a president but like Seeing that, like, all the hard work I've done over the past years, people are getting their internships, people are building their own family connections within the organization, have their own, like, cliques and stuff, you know. But, like, just to know that when I'm gone, everybody is going to be set with enough opportunities for them to continue on for the next set of leaders is just really what's keeping me afloat I'm not gonna lie <laughs> what are some of the events that Nesby puts on I know you guys talk about um, the Junior Zach Board put some stuff on I know you guys put some things on and then with it being Black History Month uh, the shortest month so I know time is racing <laughs> um, but what are some things you guys put on that some of your bigger events and then is there anything special uh, that's going on for our month so we actually uh Always have, like, the Nesby uh, Black History Month post. So if you just check out social media, you can get some facts and stuff about Black History Month. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we should be doing a collaboration with NABA, which is another national organization, which what is, is... What is NABA for the people that don't know? Uh, NABA is the National I think Association of Black, black Accountants. Okay, yeah, because uh, yeah. I didn't even know that was, like, black... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's NABA, and then you also have, I think, BBSA is the Black Business. Yeah, we got we to gotta stop throwing out acronyms. Yes, yeah. no, yes, we, yes, you're right, you're right, yeah. so... Uh, National Association of Black Accountants. And we already had, like, um, uh, we should be having, like, a part two to a kickball tournament that we had in our fall semester. And everybody was, (laughs) everybody was very excited about that. But that should be coming up in the works later on. And, um, yeah, just, Nesby, we always have a lot in store and everyone is welcome no matter what so just pop out Braden his his face lit when you talked about the kickball tournament were you guys competing against was it just a a Navy thing or y'all was going against another organization we, it was actually NABA so yeah it was NABA <laughs> but, uh, so Braden were you there yeah I was on the Nesby side and not gonna lie that game was a little rigged I mean who who rigged it who, 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 who won again? Wait a minute we won okay okay no they tried to say that we cheated at the end basically and. <laughs> It really wasn't the case, but after a while, just everybody started kicking. We do need a part two, though. No, it's going to be a part two. But I, I have a question because Braden was out there. I've never seen him do anything. Oh, no. at, I've never seen him do anything athletic. 
So what did he do? Was he out there taking pictures or was he out there actually competing? We had so like such a no, large no, turnout. Stop, that <laughs> stop saying we. What no. was Brady doing? Was Brady taking pictures with his photography? I think he, he might kicking? have been. Did you kick? I was in the field. No, that's what I was going to say. And I did kick like three times. But out of two of those, both of them got caught. And then the other one, I didn't get I didn't get my turn because Jaden took it. No, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A lot of people wanted their turn. So they were just taking people turns and stuff and just kicking. So, it. so basically what I'm hearing is Braden was just a photographer. No, <laughs> I, he was not. He was a, a great asset to the Nesby side, and that's ultimately why we won. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> so honestly, with you being like such a social person and then having the kickball events, also just seeing people outside of it, what all do you do just outside of Nesby? I, on the side, I like to DJ, so my dad got me a turntable, like, I think 2019, and whenever I just have time to want to relieve stress and stuff, I just try to, you know, DJ and stuff, so yeah. So you be DJing at Gold Bar? Mm, look, mm. look, I do, I do not, but... Shout out to Ryan, you know, St. Ryan, be sliding the go bar. I definitely be watching him every time I do pop out and look at his techniques because it's just always about improving your skill. So with you being a senior, do you plan to what do you what are your plans after graduating and do you like plan to keep doing DJing? So as a biomedical engineer, there's definitely a lot of uh, different routes you can go into. So that goes into, like, you could do medical devices, so actually building, like, MRI scans, CT scans, or building, like, the... Va- it was the literal biomedical engineers who created, like, the vaccines and stuff like that. So, um, you could also... Are you vaccinated? To- I am... J- <laughs> Double backs up, okay. So, are right you boost? Are you? Do you have your booster? I'm about to get my booster next week. Oh it's man, next hey, hey Braden, put your mask on, man. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got a lot of other people that need to get Absolutely. on that roll, and that's also what I wanted to like go into. Is I think my next steps is um, really going into like public health, and really public health is communicating like the different types of things that we are learning as scientists and being able to communicate that into communities, which I'm not going to lie, should be skeptical about trusting, you know, the communities that have placed them in these places already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being an engineer, being the president of Nesby, um, that means I guess you were very, very involved to even get that position. How did you, how have you balanced having a social life, uh, being an engineer, um, being in this organization, are you in other organizations as well? I also have participated in the Thrive Student Community, um, multicultural engineering program scholar. So, like, I have to do diversity events through the College of Engineering. And then I've just also uh, dedicated my time, um, like the American Heart Association, they're doing a Go Red for Women uh, campaign. So I'm helping out like family members with fundraising for that. But um, you said how... Yeah, so that was going into my question as far as like, how have you balanced all that, you know, your time down here? Yeah. (laughs) Do you sleep? I... I don't know. Like, I really don't know how I balance it. Sometimes I just have these timers um, that goes off. Like, if I need to get something done, if I need some homework done, I'll set a timer for, like, 30 minutes, an hour. So I'll remember that this is what I need to be doing. But I think because I just truly, anything that I do, I do with a lot of passion. I do with a lot of care. And if you're going to care about something, you're not going to forget about it. Like, you're going to make time for it. So I've just been able to really just 
instill my passion within myself to make sure I get stuff done. So on top of just balancing everything and being in all these organizations and just how did you become the president of Nesby, like the face of Nesby? So, okay, not going to lie, y'all. <laughs> my um, aunt and uncle, they're... Uh, they're both engineers, and they met at a Nesby conference. So nepotism. No, no. <laughs> but look, actually, I just realized, too, that, like, I'm the third generation of my aunts who are engineers. So that's, um, they all participate in Nesby. So I've known, known about Nesby even before I knew about, like, engineering, quote, unquote. Like, they're just, like, if you want to go into anything, you need to have a support system in college. And this is the organization that got me through there. So my Nesbyers, they already know, but there's this thing called a Nesby. And that's when my aunt and uncle, they met at a national conference in, like, in like the 90s or something. So they, like, I've just always known about Nesby through them. When I uh, got on campus, I participated in the junior executive board, was chosen as just one of the three freshmen to go to nationals. And then I just kept uh, applying to executive boards. Uh, people will always say that, like, they knew that I was part of Nesby. Like, I would basically just get people to come no matter what. So, yeah, I just kind of just stuck with, stuck with that same energy all throughout the years. So, basically, you've just been putting in work for, like, the past four years yeah. up until now kind of thing. Yes, yes. And it's, like, it's really cool just to see it all come full circle because it's, like, yeah, it was me uh, as a freshman at that one point uh, with all my older friends and senior friends hanging out with them in the student center, hanging out with them, just make, getting all this great advice. And now that's been kind of me passing down that same knowledge and stuff. So it's just really been kind of awesome to see that. So in the process of meeting all these people and just being a Nesby for the past few years, I got a question for you. Have you met your Nesbe? Have I met my Nesbe? Mm. The Lord knows <laughs> that I've been trying, but I have not met my Nesbe. But if anybody want to be my Nesbe, you ain't, you don't even got to be my Nesbe. Hey, uh, you just be my bae. Hey, this okay? ain't this ain't um, this, this is ain't, a flavor of love. This ain't case. Tw- this oh, ain't okay. case tender. Nah, I think it, I like yeah, that. This ain't, this ain't case, case tender. That sounds pretty this good. This is not case tender. Um, yeah. But, wow. Um, <laughs> Just to kind of wrap things up, we wanted to ask this uh, before we wrapped up everything. Um, what are your plans? I know you talked about, you know, you want to, you're a biomedical engineer and you have some things like that, but kind of like, you have any direct plans or what do you want to do um, as you graduate in the next two or three months? Yes, I'm just really just getting ready for the next steps. I um, really just stayed in to like Missouri. I've been on the Midwest, so I want to kind of go on different like coast to try to go into my next steps for and in the industry career. But I'm really looking into like pharmaceutical um places. That's really like my main goal right now. Yeah, that's big that's big and a lot. I, I we wanna ask you one more question. Um, you know, what is your advice um for people that want to get involved um in the STEM uh, side of uh Academics, I would say, we have a few people uh, that we know on, on our staff that we have younger siblings or, or people that we just know that want to get involved with them, uh, you know, engineering, things like that. So what is your advice to the people that are coming up? Wow, that's an awesome question. I know. I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, Nesby also, like this spring semester, we have an annual walk for education where we go out to like our community and actually hand out like pamphlets on what STEM is and what Mizzou Nesby is and just like what programs and stuff you can get involved in as a high school in order as a high school in order to like be on that pipeline to like be an engineer. So um, with that being said, I would just always say finding your family, like finding your community and finding like other other like minded people who have that same goal as you is really just what I feel is going to get you anywhere. And everybody knows like it's not about what you know is it's about who you know and we pay a lot of money on this campus to um just meet many meet a lot of different people so I don't think we understand the privilege of having so many connections on a campus like a lot of people in Missouri you all could have went to Missouri S&T could have went to like so many other schools especially as an engineering major but people chose Mizzou because of the connections because of the family because of the atmosphere so like we should always be using that to the best of our abilities because we we can't do it of course by ourselves so yeah that was a good question but a, a much better answer and uh we're glad to know you uh case connection um glad we got to meet you i knew brayden knew you i know brayden hops around to 15 16 different organizations just running around like a maniac with his camera yeah. um but yeah i'm just so glad to have you i know brayden wants to say some things as well yeah, for sure. I'm glad that we had you today, and like I really appreciate it. Uh, when I first met y'all, like Nesby as a whole, I was nervous coming in as a journalism major. Like I just showed up, I saw black, oh, study hall, word, I'm coming. So just kind of showing up and y'all accepting me for the past year and a half has been really nice, and I appreciate you here. We definitely appreciate you too. I and I remember a uh, rating too at the LBC event. And he said, I'm going to be popping out to the Nesby events. But, you know, everybody say that. So I was like, he's not going to be popping out. But he definitely has been showing a lot of support. And I appreciate everybody who's been showing all the support this um, this uh, year and all that. But also, shout out to NAACP, which is the National Association for Advancement of Colored People. Um, they have their image awards at the end of February. So that's where a lot of like black organizations are going to get their recognition. Um, and that's February 23rd on, on a Wednesday. So a lot of different orgs are nominated. So pop out for that and sign up on the MU NAACP website. With that being said, we appreciate you coming out today. Janelle, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all, too. And I had an awesome time on Mizzou Case podcast. Thank you. It was such a great interview, honestly, uh, with Janelle. I'm glad she came out today and everything. She was bringing back a couple good memories, especially with the kickball thing. Again, you know, Nesby won and stuff. And then... No, how you feeling on it? Yeah, man, that was that was a really, really, really good interview. Um, I learned a lot about Nesby. I've always seen it, um, you know, via social media, group chats, you know, being here for three years. You're kind of familiar with a lot of the national uh, black organizations here on campus. Uh, but I learned a lot about Nesby, and I'm kind of jealous um, that I, I didn't get involved with it because I thought that if you're not an engineer, you can't be a part of it. And now, you know, I, I guess you could be a part of it because, Braden, you are a part of it somehow, some way. Yeah, definitely being a journalism major, like, stepping into Nesby, I was just trying to, like, my freshman year, I was just trying to join a lot of black organizations on campus, no matter what. I ended up in, like, African like African uh, Student Association. What? Or ASA, the 
Yeah, ASA. African Student Association. <laughs> Wait, it's from Arkansas, bro. <laughs> He in there perpetrated. <laughs> See, the reason I joined ASA is black, and they literally they was <laughs> they were mad at me for a minute because I had a, I got the Africa chain and everything, and it was like, "Oh, you Nigerian?" And I was like, "I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm African American, I'm from Arkansas, you Arkansanian." <laughs> But they still accepted me either way, just like Nesby did, being a journalism major and stuff, going in, they were just like, oh, you journalism? Why you? Okay. You you still family? You part of the Nesby family and stuff? Um, they definitely helped me feel more comfortable showing up and stuff. And definitely Janelle, seeing her at the LBC meeting, and then keeping to my word to like come into more Nesby stuff, I've helped people like come in and stuff, and like, hey, you should join Nesby because you, you're an engineer major, right? Yeah, I don't know where to go. Well, join Nesby, and Janelle's definitely like helped them guide and a lot of people come back to me saying that she was just a real helpful hand. Yeah, I know Janelle brought up the NAACP and kind of her involvement and the organization's involvement um, with the organization. Uh, what I know NAACP had gave you or nominated you for an award or something with photography and you didn't respond to the email. What's going on with that, Braden? So what was the award? What were you nominated for? And then why didn't you respond to the email? So it's not necessarily that I didn't respond to the email. It was a notification email and I saw it. And I was like, okay, cool. They said they'll uh, they'll give out more announcements leading up to it because it's not until February 23rd. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just like wait until then. And in the process of kind of forgetting about it, and because they emailed me like back in January, beginning of January. And um, when Janelle mentioned it, I, my jaw dropped because I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was nominated for an award. Um, I was nominated for the Langston Hughes Creative Arts Award. Wow. Which... You know, as most people know, I do photography on campus and started doing videography recently. So just being nominated for it at the time, I didn't know that it was like such a huge thing. But after hearing the description from Janelle, it's uh, like it's honestly a good honor like to get it. And hearing that she was also in it, too, is really good. Man, for someone that's in like 15 black organizations, how do you not know that's a big deal to be nominated by the NAACP? Because I, I OK, in the process of me joining a lot of black organizations, I tend to not know the the uh, mission statement or necessarily the acronyms that they stand for. I just know that it's good people. You just know it's it. black. <laughs> <laughs> National Black Association of Chefs. Like, I just joined it. Look, I was I was like, I got to support my peoples either way. I joined ASA, NABJ. Well, I'm a journalist, but NABJ, a whole bunch of different stuff. If I want to know about NABA too, I might have would have joined them regardless. Uh, um, what was it? The... Um, yeah, I would have just joined a whole bunch of black organizations regardless of their acronyms because if they're as accepting as Nesby, um, it shouldn't be no problem, honestly. Yeah, and absolutely. We're not going to keep attacking Brady and making it about you, but uh, yeah, it was a great interview. I'm glad we interviewed her, bro. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you later this month. Thanks for listening to Case Underground. 